Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's great to be back, Owen, and we've got a very special guest today, Brendan, the CEO of Raise Invest, and we've had so many listener questions mm. on the topic of micro-investing, so we're going straight to the source, and uh, it's our pleasure to have Brendan on the show today, and I thought I'd just throw it over to Brendan to introduce himself and what Raise is. Great. Thanks, uh, thanks, Kate and Alan, for having us on the uh, on the podcast. It's an honour to be here. I think um, micro-investing, it is a hot topic at the moment and we, we get a lot of conversations and, and requests about what does it mean. And, and to me, as uh, sort of running the business now for over four or five years, uh, it's important to understand what micro-investing is but also what the underlying assets are. And the simplest thing for micro-investing is that is what we're trying to achieve is, is through education and financial literacy, financial inclusion. And by micro-investing, you're micro-investing your whole, in the case of Raise, you're, you're fully invested for your whole for your first $5. Mm-hmm. So that is you put $5 into, into a portfolio of your choice and that whole $5 is invested. Now, mm-hmm. just, just to back it up a little bit, maybe I explain a bit more about Raise in, in a nutshell. And I use the word nutshell because we used to be called Acorns um, here in Australia, and that we launched in February 2016. There was, um, I mean, what happened next was was massive and a positive surprise for us with the concept of saving and investing. Their vir- virtual loose change in Australia had instant appeal, and we took the we took the business from we had a joint venture with Acorns Inc. in the US and brought it out to Australia. And sort of today we're sitting in at the end of September 2020, so four and a half years later, we've got 227,000 active customers in Australia using the app. Um, and as I said, it's it's key for, it's a savings tool or a savings platform, but it gives it breaks down the barriers for individuals to get into the stock market. Uh, and that's when the micro-investing side comes in. So to me, micro-investing creates this uh, the ability to get into the market uh, through the RAISE platform, but also have a diversified portfolio. So we offer uh, seven different portfolios here in Australia. Uh, each one of those are made up with anywhere from seven to nine ETFs, or if you're in the Sapphire p- uh, portfolio, there's an exposure to actually Bitcoin as well. So mm-hmm. micro-investing creates that diversity, which is important, especially when you're beginning or, or learning how to invest. Just a simple question for you, Brendan. A lot of people listening to this obviously love the convenience. Um, where and Kate and I are quite familiar with your app. Um, people listening to this will think, okay, how do I pay fees? So, w- what are some of the fees, fees that people should be aware of? So, yeah, for fees definitely. And we talk about the Royal Commission in the finance industry um, over the last eighteen months. Fees are important. It's, a, it's the transparency that we try to achieve here. Or I think we have achieved here in Australia is you download the app for from the App Store or the Google Play Store here in, here in Australia. Uh, you sign mm. up and you register. Once uh, at the end of each month, depending on your account balance, so you might have um, you know, $10 or $100 in your account at the end of the end of the month, and we will charge you what we call a subscription fee. 
So you'll pay $2.50 for the month. Um, and what that means is you can deposit, withdraw, but also switch and switch investments across the different seven portfolios as many times as you like in that 30, 31 day period, but you're still only charged a subscription fee. Uh, the, the, the caveat to that is if your account balance becomes over $10,000, then we charge what we call a, a funds under management or account fee, which is the equivalent of 27.5 basis points uh, per annum, which is charged monthly. And that then that FUM or the account fee comes out of your raised balance, whereas the $2.50 subscription fee for under $10,000 comes out of your actual bank account. Right. So you probably only notice the subscription fee really. And it's and once you get over that 10,000 hurdle, it's very much like um, just like a normal ETF. Yes. Well, a normal sort of funds under management model. Yes. Yeah. 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 So when you're, when you're investing in Raise, I know you mentioned ETFs before, but what, what ETFs are you actually investing in? Because it sort of seems from the outset, you just put money in uh, and it gets invested. But what are the underlying holdings as well? Uh, yeah, so look, good question. Um, so we had, when we first launched, we had five different portfolios and they were called conservative through to the aggressive. So there's conservative, moderate, conservative, moderate, moderately aggressive um, or aggressive. Each one of those uh, was made up of seven different ETFs and they range from um, Australian large caps to the Asian large caps, the European large caps the, and US. There were some government, Aussie government bonds, corporate bonds, the Aussie market. Um, that, they were the ones that we launched with. Uh, sort of July, a year later, we learned uh, due to our customer feedback, we launched a sixth portfolio, which was which we called the Emerald, or it's our social responsible portfolio. They have two ETFs in it that I just listed, but also they've got two more um, social responsible ETFs. One called uh, Rari, which is Australian Responsible Corporates, and Ethi, which is the Global Sustainable. ETF and a lot of people say, "Yeah, that's great, Brendan. You're talking to me, but ETF, ETF, ETF. What an ETF is and is 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 an exchange traded fund. It's a type of sort of security, and uh, this is my definition of it. So I apologise if it's not a technical definition. <laughs> uh, type of security that involves a collection of securities such as stocks. So and usually they track an underlying index. For for me, it's easy to think of it as a shipping container." Think of a shipping container and then put all your stocks in it and close the door. That that can is is, a, is an easy way for me to understand what an underlying index is. And an index can be a market index. Um, it could be like the ASX 200 or the S&P 500 in the US or the NASDAQ. It tracks a certain uh, segment of the financial markets. Mm, so you're mm. essentially selecting the ETFs and building portfolios to suit different risk profiles to sort of take all of the... Uh, um, the hassle out of investing and make it a lot easier for consumers. Yes, yeah. And look, we've got, um, and, and everybody says that they've got professionals at work. We have an investment committee that has deliberately structured and spent a lot of time building these portfolios um, so that it does offer, you know, the, the sort of risk curve or the risk appetite that a customer will choose if they choose to go in it. Um, and as I said, we introduced the Emerald or the Social Responsible Portfolio after launch due to our customers. Um, and then even you know, crypto or Bitcoin came to the forefront and our customers said, hey, we have no idea about crypto, but can you give us some sort of exposure to it? So the 22nd of May this year, we launched the Sapphire portfolio that it's made up of uh, seven of those ETFs, but it also has a 5% allocation to, to Bitcoin mm. um, just for that risk, risk model. Yeah. Brendan, it's really interesting. Obviously, micro-investing has a lot of appeal. And I, you, you mentioned there at the top of the show that there's about there's over 200,000 
uh, accounts or users here in Australia now, which is fantastic. Um, who have you found has been, in terms of demographics, who have you found have been the most, the biggest users of this? Have it been younger people, newer investors, experienced investors? Like who is this typically suited to? Yes, look, a lot of people say uh, on that, oh, it must be for the young people. Um, mm-hmm. Look, the, the, the app in Australia is available to anyone over 18. Um, and we thought, looking at the playbook from the US business when we were working with them or the, the Acorns business, that there'd be a lot of 18 to 23-year-olds. But mm. if not, it's more the 23 to 34, 35-year bracket. And we've been going now just on four and a half years. And, and obviously the, the customers that have been with, there's a lot of them that have been with us from the beginning are getting older and moving up that cohort. So it's sort of like 70, 70 just over 70% of our customers are under the age of 45. But you know, I've got an eighty-six. I've got an eighty-six-year-old on it. I've got eighteen-year-olds on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really available for anybody because of, of the offering that we offer to customers. Because mm, it just makes it so simple, right? Oh, it's it, look. I don't like the word "set and forget," but <laughs> um, it, look, it is what it is. And look, you know, even my brother, who's a you know massive supporter of me, I said to him, I "said mate, how's your raise account going?" He goes, "Oh, I haven't thought about it." Um, and this was, this was just in August, actually, and he said, he, so he logged in, he goes, oh, wow. So what he didn't miss was those small amounts being mm. rounded up, and that's mm. the whole round-up concept of you buy a coffee of $3.50, the app sees that as $3.50, we round that you know, virtually to $4, we take that $0.50, cents, the next transaction comes through, that adds to, to the round-up amount, then that $5 will be direct debited out of your bank account. So he didn't, he goes... I didn't even realise that I had that much money because I didn't miss those small amounts coming out of my bank account. And, you know, the whole philosophy is small amounts over time add up. That's mm. one thing that Kate and I always say is that, you know, small, small amounts often is, is probably the, the most important message because for wealth accumulators, right, it's a stock market investing is for a lifetime. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, kind of take that, that, that long perspective. Um, one of the things that, um, Kate and I want to talk to you about, and um, I guess this is important before people go ahead and, and sign up with Raise or consider even any other micro investing app. Is if if you know if someone's considering joining a micro investing app and, and downloading it and starting investing, what are some of the pros and cons that they should be thinking about? Are there particular things they should be reading or watching out for? Look, it's important in any financial product, whether it's raise or just anything in general, and even a bank account. You know, you've got to read the terms and conditions. You've got to know what you're getting into. Mm. You usually read the product dis- disclosure statement or the PDS. Um, you know, even on the super side, if you're going in, you look at members' guides and PDSs, you've just really got to know what you're getting into. And, you know, people say to me, oh, I've inherited some money. You know, what stock should I invest in? And it's like you don't invest in something you don't know. And mm. even with the Sapphire portfolio here in Australia, I have I personally have never been invested in Bitcoin because why? Mm. Because I didn't really understand it. Um, this was a few years ago when all my mates are getting into it. So, yeah, but I'm not <laughs> going to invest in something I don't understand. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's a key point. Whereas, you know, a mate said, "Hey, I've got ten thousand dollars. I've inherited. What stock should I buy?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean? What stock should you buy?" And he said, "Well, yeah, BHP, CBA." I said, "What? What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, that's what you do when you have money." And it's like, no, 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 you have to educate yourself and take the time to read all the the, the, uh, the product disclosure statements. Um, even something from the Royal Commission is, 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 is hot of the topic in the financial services is fees. You know, they talk mm-hmm. about fees on the super funds and, you know, what's going to erode your balance. You know, that's important. 
Um, and that's why, A, we make our fees transparent here in raise, but also we do a clean-up on a, on, a, on a monthly basis to say, hey, Owen, your account, as an example, Owen, your account's $10. You are paying me $2.50 a month for that. Either use it properly or, or we'll close it. Here's the big red button. Hit the close button. Mm-hmm. So $2.50 over a balance of $10 is very expensive. Yeah, um, and that's we're not here for that. We're here for make sure that the customer has a reoccurring on it's it's got the roundups on it's got a reoccurring or a savings goal set up. You know, even use things like our raise rewards program because the, at the at the end of the day, it's going to benefit the user. So you just got to be aware of what you're getting into, aware of how long periods you know, there might be lock up periods, there might be exit fees, just anything like that. Now, Brendan, one of the great things about micro-investing, and it's really been interesting to watch as it's come to Australia, is the fact that it lowers the barriers to entry for investing. Um, And one of the common questions we get from listeners is, when does it make sense to sort of graduate from micro-investing to investing directly in shares and ETFs and starting to take a bit more control over your finances and manage your own money? Kate, Kate, very good question. And I, I, the key is there that, you know, and the, and the philosophy of raise is lowering those barriers to entry to get everybody exposure or a piece, a piece of the market and understanding because what comes with that is that education piece. There's mm-hmm. no better way to learn it by putting either $5 in or $100 in and understanding it. We see people, people have rung us and said, the Daily Telegraph tells me three, $35 billion wiped off the market. Well, what does that mean for me? It was half a percent or something like that. So it's by doing it is the education. And I don't think there's a need to graduate from something like Raise. Uh, there might be, uh, you might you might diversify out of Raise and, and but leave a balance there. But if Raise is working for you to get this sort of savings habit um, and awareness of your um, of, of your spending, and that's one thing that sort of surprised me and the feedback we've got from customers, because your transactions run through Raise, people are being aware and being honest of where they're spending their money. Um, you know, the guys have go, okay, look, I have $1,000 on my credit card at the end of each month. I usually just pay it. It could be 900 one month or 1100 the next. I just pay it because it feels right. What Raise does is list out those transactions for you and you can, you can spot if something's a lot is not what expected. And one of the guys here in the office actually cancelled his iTunes account um, two and a half years ago, but he saw it come through because it was two ninety nine at the time. He didn't know that he was paying $2.99 more, $2. more. So he shot off an email with a confirmation of his closure back over to, to the iTunes guys and they refunded the money. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, there's a need for a graduation um, until you're very comfortable and, and aware and educated on both the market and also your spending habits or your behaviours. Mm, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're often forced into false choices. If, this is my opinion, if if you are comfortable using um, Raise or something, you know, like a micro-investing app or whatever works for you, sometimes people will try and convince you that it, you have to choose one or the other. Oh, you, you know, it's time for you to graduate, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, it's that old, you know, why not have both? That's it. It's not an all product, it's an and. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Um, I think we've spoken, Kate, a few times about automating um, investing because the the really important things are just taking away the behavioural barrier that so many of us have when we're like, oh, you know, if the market's going to fall, it's going to go up. Mm. You know, I don't think now that I could spend that money somewhere else. Like there's so many excuses we can make up in our minds. 
Um, and then we have this sense of like, we know that compounding is really important and we've got to add little bits often. What are the long-term benefits, Brendan, of automating investing? I, I, there's, a, there's a couple and compounding is sort of the key one. Um, I, I think it all comes down to behaviour. Oh, and it's, uh, you know, the, the teaching or the um, having the ability to save because that's going to benefit in the long run and you think of the lifestyle and, and I've just had a baby so I've got to think about that savings ability or what mm. I need for that. It's creating that habit. And, you know, one thing I'm, I'm very uh, happy with Ray's from the point of view of, of many of our customers is some of them put in their whole paycheck because they know that if they leave it in their bank account, they will spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yes, you can have your money back. Um, you sell your ETFs. It takes two days for the ASX, ASX to settle those ETFs. Then we transfer you the money. So that impulse buy sort of things disappeared. Um, but it forces people to s- save a bit more. So I think um, if they can get in that habit, um, your people, everybody says they've got a budget. 70% of our customers surveyed say, yes, I've got a budget, but I haven't kept to it. Or people say they build a budget and then whatever's left over the month, then they'll, then they'll invest. Never happens, never works. But mm. by using a function or an automated savings, either around the roundup function or a reoccurring deposit, that savings is happening inside the budget, not to the right of it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it's really important to sort of take out as much friction as possible when it comes to sort of investing for the future, because everything we add to it, every thought, every choice, it sort of adds that extra layer of friction and stops us from actually making any decision or taking action. And we can just go for years thinking that we want to invest and never actually doing it. So I think it's really a great idea to sort of dip your toe into the water with micro investing apps like Raise, just to have that experience and sort of take away those barriers. And I think that's really interesting what your team are doing with really focusing on that behavioral psychology aspect of having roundups where you don't even Mm -hmm. think about that money coming out. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm old school, so I, I know the old cash economy, and um, <laughs> you go buy something, and the change would end up in the ashtray in the car. Mm. You know, this is the virtual loose change, or the virtual ashtray, or the or the vase at the front door that everybody throws their coins in. You know, in, mentally in my head, I'll go, okay, I've got thirty or forty dollars to spend today. I buy a coffee for four dollars fifty or four dollars eighty. For ease, I'm saying that's five dollars in my head. So I've, I've squirreled away that 20 cents. And, and at the end of the day or at the end of the week, those little small amounts add up, multiply that on the compound effect over the years, it can make a significant difference. Mm, and I think it's really interesting finding other solutions, digital solutions to having um, like a piggy box or a money bank, just putting money aside. Because that was such a fundamental way when I was a kid growing up of just learning to actually save some money for a future purpose. And if we don't have cash and it looks like it's going that way, finding sort of digital solutions and roundup features to sort of have that same result. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the, the old money box, I hated the one that had the lock on the bottom of it. <laughs> All those round ones you got from uh, Reject Shop that you had to sort of hack exactly. over. Exactly. <laughs> savings. Yeah, absolutely. So I was wondering if you could, based on all your experience and everything you've learned from your investors, share some of your sort of best lessons and suggestions for new investors. I think the um, the, the biggest one is is to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we see a lot of customers come in, they put in $10 and they withdraw $10 and for, 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 for me in the business is to make sure we're customer-centric or, in other words, we say what we do on the tin. 
Mm. Yes, your money is accessible. Yes, your money is available in case you need an emergency fund. This whole emergency fund rainy day, I mean, the pandemic, unfortunately, has highlighted the importance of something like a rainy day or an emergency fund. Yeah. If people can, you know, give it a go and take that first step, um, understand what it means that the money is available if in case of an emergency or, or, or required, but if not, they can understand how important the whole effect of compounding small amounts over time will add up to something big. Um, you know, you can set a savings goal. Uh, you can you can pretty much do what you what you want to do to suit you. And a lot of people, for example, there's automatic roundups. They will have manual roundups turned on, so then they can manually hit each transaction to round up. And I can see on the behaviour that sort of two to three weeks later, they're like, okay, now I get that. I'll just set and forget and make it automatic because I know that my average roundups per week is about $8. Um, so it's it's give it a go um, and, and try the lessons and then people can switch because we offer uh, the risk curve of conservative up to an aggressive. They can switch between portfolios. What With the way the market moves, it gives them the education on what does you know the budget recently or what does the Trump election mean to the actual market. So they're getting those lessons and education as they're trying. And, you know, it's not gone to the days where it was a minimum of investment of $5,000 in a period of two or three years. Mm. This is put put a small amount in, give it a go and see if it works. It's an interesting one, uh, Brendan. Um, do you have insights on the strategies that your customers are picking? Like, Can you see how many uh, in your cohort are picking, say, the aggressive option? Yes, yeah. It's um, it, Actually, that's, that's a good question because what we're seeing is we have we have two sort of products the same portfolios uh, between our raise invest product and our raise invest super product mm-hmm. and a customer may have two hundred dollars in his raise invest account and that's in the aggressive portfolio the average account balance in the super side is twenty five thousand dollars and that's in the conservative portfolio yeah right you know, that might be a thirty four year old male for example then you go, then there's another 34-year-old male that will have the smaller amount in the conservative and they go, actually, I want my longer term, the super product, um, on the aggressive. So mm. there's no, like we thought, we did some Sorry. modelling, we thought it would be um, uh, you know, straight down the line, but the bigger the balance, it's a bit like when people are buying things on, on the internet, I find that, and the feedback we get is, the bigger the screen, the bigger the purchase. I, I will buy some shoes or something or my dinner or my Uber on my phone, but if I'm going to buy a laptop or a, a TV or a holiday, I usually go to the bigger laptop or, or computer screen. Hmm. Uh, so the bigger balance, there's they probably more sit to that moderate um, conservative, but the smaller balances, they're being a bit more aggressive with it. It's funny, right, because I would think that personally anyway, I mean, everyone's different, we know that, but I would think that inside Super, it's, people would – opt to be more aggressive if they n- knew the long-term benefits and knowing that the super money is locked away for a very long time. Obviously, the caveat here for people that are listening is that I guess the worst possible outcome is someone does opt to be more aggressive and then changes their mind in a period where markets have fallen like earlier this year Exactly, because that's kind of the worst outcome. Yes, yeah. yeah. So look, you know, if I, we had to model it, you'd, you'd, I would be along those same lines, Owen. Um, mm. it's, it's just very interesting. Mm, it Did is. you see a lot of people um, changing their super earlier this year? Uh, not so much their super. Um, what we did see, and like I use the example that going back a few years ago with Brexit and Trump, 
um, when Brexit happened earlier on in the year, uh, people withdrew their money out mm-hmm. of the Raise app because they weren't sure, they were concerned, the markets took a dip. By the time, um, was it November, when Trump, the Trump election versus Hillary was on, people weren't withdrawing their money, they were moving down the curve, going mm-hmm. from the aggressive portfolio. And we, we spent a lot of time and effort um, educating and informing the customers that you don't have to withdraw your money, there is this risk curve. because, And, and fortunately for that, there was a bit of a, a bump in the market pretty much immediately, whereas in the Brexit, it took a bit of time to climb back up. So we have educated a lot of people. So when COVID came around, they were they were moving down the risk curve instead of just withdrawing. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, right. Very interesting. Um, I thought we'd just give some takeaways because there was so much that we covered in this episode, Brendan. I guess um, Kate will probably have a couple. I think we've got three here. Um, my first takeaway from just speaking with you here and doing some research at Raise Invest is the importance of starting now. A lot of people that listen to us you have tens of thousands of listeners, but many of them actually aren't investing yet, even though they listen to this religiously. So this is a great way. I mean, we talk about $500 being the minimum that you can invest directly into ETFs, but, you know, it takes us a couple of couple of dollars to get started with raise. So um, that's something, that's probably one of my main takeaways. Kate, do you have any? Yeah, I think the other takeaway is uh, how important those small amounts are and that you can actually start getting invested with 5 mm. or $10 in Australia now, which maybe 10 years ago was an impossible thing. So it's about knowing what are these uh, options are available to you like Raise. And there's a few others in Australia that you can have a look at and even just start taking a bit more care about those smaller amounts of money that actually can build up over the long time. Um, and I also think it's, it's a great way to start, but make sure you always check your fees and the product disclosure statement, as Brendan mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, whenever you're investing in anything. So make sure you know the risks and mm. the rewards available to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brendan, it's it's wonderful to take some time out and for you to, um, to lend some of your insights. Uh, I see the business is growing, growing pretty quickly, so I imagine you're a busy man. So um, yeah, thanks for joining Kate and I on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me and inviting us on. Great. Kate, as always, thanks for taking the time out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.